0: Southern Miss, to the top. top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
2: Broadcasting live from the Southern Bancor studio in Hattiesburg today, I'm Kelly Sanner along with the brash youngster, Ben Milam. Producer-engineer Michael Mergens is here today as well. Lots to talk about. Coach Jay Ladner of the men's basketball team will be joining us here momentarily to talk about the great season. It didn't end, obviously, the way that, that anybody had hoped, but great season nonetheless. And now, going forward. Uh, We'll take a look at the landscape of the Southern Miss men's basketball team. We'll go down to NOLA.com where Patrick McGee will be there telling us how the Saints are restructuring a particularly offensive side of the ball, but things are starting to come into place as part of uh, NFL free agent frenzy. We'll recap the Eagles baseball win last night down in Hammond where they uh, took care of a pretty good southeastern Louisiana team. They had to feel pretty good about the way they came out of there last night and then get you up to date with a little bit about a lot of things. The first segment brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, a fan favorite. Uh, anybody that eats uh, loves Dickie's Barbecue. Don't forget to... to Call on Dickies for Easter, things coming up that can take care of your catering, or if you're headed out to the baseball park, uh, let the cooking be handled by Dickies, big supporters of Southern Miss Athletics, so you know any money you spend with them, some of that is going to the university. So let's get right to it. Uh, Jay Ladner on the phone now. Coach, again, I know it isn't the way that, that you wanted it to end, but man, what a season. I mean, you guys went from... Not, not literally, but, but worst to first. I mean, setting all kinds of uh, win records for the school. You win the conference outright. A lot of things to, to really look forward to. And for the first time, probably in a while, quite frankly, now you've got basketball players calling you uh, that want to come here. So congratulations on the season. If you want to touch briefly on last night, you can. But then I want to talk about uh, kind of going forward.
1: Okay. Well, well. first of all, uh, Kelly and Ben, too, uh, Mike, I appreciate y'all is all the time having me on. And, um, you know, of course, we got in late last night, and I've, I've been in this – I've been a head coach for 32 years, and only two of the years have, have I not had this feeling. And those were uh, in high school, won the state – when I was at St. Stanislaus, won the state championship. You won your last game. When I was at Jones Junior College National Championship, we won our last game. And the other 30 of the other 32, you are in a complete mental funk the next day. And, uh, you're just kind of because you, you're, you're, you're always planning for the next game. As soon as the game's over with, you're looking for it. I mean, we were getting ready to look to go to play Clemson this weekend. Um, and, but you know, it just, it just wasn't in the cards. Of course. And I want to in any way avoid any type of excuse because that's just part of the game. But losing Nefta Alvarez right before the South Alabama was very hurtful to us and um, and, and not having him, and it, and it kind of disrupted us just a little bit. But, you know, we got beat by a good team last night. Our, our players and coaches are just uh, – were and are, uh, as, as of this morning, just mentally crushed, emotionally crushed. And, um, again, I take responsibility for that. We got to try to figure out a way to where we can win our last game and I, our goals are big here. And, um, now, but I'm not going to let, you know, yesterday's breakfast ruin, ruin what we do today. And, and, uh, of course we have to, uh, we, we pack it. We will, we'll mentally, uh, uh in, in, in psychologically, emotionally put yesterday's game behind us and say, Hey, what do we have to do better moving forward? And I'm, I'm so excited, Kelly, about, where we are uh uh, we've got for the first time since i've been at southern miss we're now to a point where we can be a lot more selective on the type of players we've been in a situation where we've had to beg bleed beg, plead and borrow you know to try to get guys to come and sell them on a dream well now we can show it and we we really feel like that we've got a lot of things in place and now we can show them videos of this past year where the arena sold out. We can, you know, I mean, and, and, right. and I'm so thankful and grateful to, for those of them, those of the, our fans out there. And I know there's a lot of people listening to your shows. I'm very, very thankful and grateful to the way that our fans responded to our, our team this year. And, again, feel awful about last night. And, um so, so, let's, you know,
2: yeah, so let's talk about going forward. You mentioned Nefta. He's already publicly said he's coming back, okay? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So from the landscape as we see it today, Coach Lander, and we know that tomorrow things could literally change, but as we look at it today, Alvarez says he's coming back. So who, who will you have officially coming back as we speak today? And then tell yeah. us about some, and, and not specifically, but when will we start be hearing about new Eagles that will be coming into the fold?
1: Yeah, well, well, first of all, you know things have changed so much, Kelly, over, and just to kind of educate the public a little bit, and we 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 did an about face on the way that we recruited last year, and you, of course you probably saw it in in, in action, but it, it's tough to recruit a high school player these days, and that's not that's not the way I think it should be done. I, I've all been right. very critical of the of the ncaa policies and of course what they tried to do uh is say that uh you know a player can now transfer first uh without sitting out so they they can sign with you so let's just say for instance you sign a high school player you sign a high school player uh, he he comes to your school normally it takes a couple of years they have n- no high school player no high school player ever has understood that the transition from high school to division one just the everyday grind, the players, and, and it takes time to to get yourself up to the level of Division One. And the way that it always was is you, they come in, of course, unless they're just a very exceptional freshman, uh, they're going to play behind somebody. They're going to play behind, and, and it may be a year or two before they begin to get significant time on the floor. When Norton, kids today have been told by a lot of voices in their in, in their lives that, Oh, you know, you're this, you're going to the NBA and this and that, which of course does the kid tremendous harm and damage to his development. And That's another story. But so he comes and he, he doesn't do, or he doesn't play as much. It's not that he doesn't do well. He doesn't, it's part of the process, but he doesn't, he's not on the floor as much as he thinks he should be or the people, normally the people around him. So therefore he's looking to immediately transfer. Then if you get a player that has, comes in and does incredibly well at the mid-major level, well, there. Most of the high majors are constantly looking at the mid majors as a a farm club, so to speak, a recruiting that we're going to recruit off of them, whether they're in the transfer portal or not. They're chicken and, hawks.
2: Uh, they're chicken hawks. That,
1: exactly, and it is a nasty, nasty business. Yeah, and uh, and and so one the 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 about face that I did and the reality was in last year's evaluation. I said, you know. I we're going to we're going to try to take it that's not that we're not recruiting some high school players cuz we're, we're we're recruiting some really good high school players got a, about to get a public commitment with if he's committed a, a a public commitment from one of the best players in Louisiana um out of New Orleans but uh, when when they so we so we're we're looking at more of guys that are seasoned guys that are transferred. And my my it, the, the most similar part of my career in terms of recruiting to put it in perspective is when I was at Jones Junior College, where you you have to have a you have a big turnover every year, and and you're looking at each year's a different team. And that's how I, that's what I've had to embrace because of the rules, not that I made, but because of what they are. So we've got a heavy emphasis on recruiting grad or transfer graduate transfers. Uh, uh, undergraduate transfers, of course, portal transfers, and then junior college players, because those guys are less likely to, uh, to, to, to graduate. I mean, to, um, excuse me, to transfer. Right. And, uh, so therefore, uh, if you look at a lot of the players on our team, our roster, Alvarez, he's not going anywhere because he would have to sit out if he, if, if he left again. And I'm not saying he, he's not going anywhere cause he likes what's right. happening. He's, big part of it but but these, these you know when you get them after they transferred it kind of gets back to where it, it used to be when the old rule when they were freshmen you see and they don't have to they don't they don't have that easy out so to speak and not that i think any of our guys are looking that direction i i, I think all of them are are, are tremendously bought in and uh, but you never know right. other people of course will get in their ear and make some offers to them uh, that 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 may, may, may interest them, you know, that type of thing. But so, I, I really like the group that we have come back. We have all of our, our ones are back. Our, our point guards are back, Alvarez, Mo Arnold. Our twos are back. Of course, that's Austin Crowley, Donovan Ivory. Our threes are back, uh, Denajay Harris. Uh, you know, so we've got a great core of guys uh, coming back for next year's team already. What we've got to do is find – uh, a, a, a strong uh, a plug and play four and a plug and play five guys to replace Pinckney and Hase, which are big shoes to fill. But we've got we've got some great things working right now. Well, we'll
2: get on Amazon, Ben, and, and Amazon.com. We'll find a plug in <laughs> yeah. four and a plug in five,
1: and we'll just order <laughs> well, it. Well, hey, it won't be long. Up. They'll be selling that too. Right? <laughs> that
2: probably so. Look, Jay, we want it. We want to get to some other things, but it would require you hanging out with us for just a, another commercial okay, break. Sure, is that okay? Absolutely. Th- we won't keep you the entire second segment, but I want to get Ben in on the conversation and and okay. just to set you and the listeners up. You know, you're you in the the last day of your contract as either coming up or it's already been so uh to whatever degree you're comfortable sharing with us you know not only about your personnel going forward but where are we in contract talks anything official of course would have to come from jeremy McLean. but we'll kind of we'll kind of pick your brain a little bit about that so much more to talk about with men's basketball coach jade ladner on a wednesday's eagle hour we'll continue after these commercial messages
0: To the Eagle Hour, the Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top.
2: Segment number two of this Wednesday's Eagle Hour, brought to you by Campus Bookmart in the bright gold building right across from the main campus on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. It is really your one-stop shop. But if you don't want to, you know, get out, you can twenty-four-seven uh, in at two o'clock in the morning and have nothing else to do other than have a couple Crystal Burgers for whatever reason. You you can get online. And shop at campusbookmart.net that's bookmart with a t.net continuing our conversation with men's basketball coach jay ladner coach i got one more question then i'm gonna let ben uh, the brash youngster ben milan get in here um we we mentioned prior to the break contract negotiations going on now you have an agent that's handling talks between you and the university aka right. jeremy mclean whatever you're comfortable sharing with us can can you kind of update us as to where, yeah. where that is when we may hear yeah. something one uh, or the other
1: well I don't I I, I would think um, soon I have a great agent who's a former basketball guy and, and I. but I also want to emphasize that it's an exciting time to be at Southern Miss as, as I think it's widely known that this is this is where I want to be I, I don't want to go other places and, and coach if this doesn't it ever gets to the point that I'm not wanted here anymore. I, I'll 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 go back and coach high school in this area. I, I'll or junior college. I love this area. Uh, of course, I love the challenge of coaching at Division One, and I think we've got a great thing going. But uh, I, this is where I want it. this. I'm I'm a Miss, South Mississippi boy. I love it and, and want to be here. And and what I say about there's a gr- it's a great time to be at Southern Miss. Joe Paul has got, uh, a, a tremendous momentum. There's a great excitement here. Of course, athletics, football's done great. Uh, uh, Coach Hall's got them going. Coach Baseball, Coach, Coach Berry, they're, they're, they're a standard of excellence. And there's, it's just a great time to be at Southern Miss. And I, I feel like, uh, w- basketball was holding us back and, now I feel like that we've got a great momentum going and uh, Jeremy McClain deserves so much of the credit. And I'm not saying that trying to uh, labor for a few or, or, you know, get for a few more dollars. I'm not saying that. I'd say that if I wasn't, if I wasn't here, and, yeah. uh, it, it's it's fun to see. Now, as far as I'm concerned, um, my situation, of course, come into the uh, tail end of, of my contract, but uh, Jeremy's been very supportive. I'm very thankful. He gave me the opportunity to come back at, uh, this year and uh, he, he's, he's been uh, the, what i can share i can't tell you a timeline but we're working toward toward that end and uh, uh he's been in constant contact with my agent and okay uh, true- I'm good to have something wrapped up here very soon all right true or false jay um okay
2: i ha- i don't have you as a money guy over longevity if your choice was money or longevity i'm guessing you would opt for longevity true or false
1: well uh, well of course i'm like everybody else uh i would love to make as much as i can of course course. but but longevity uh is is of course one of my goals uh and in mississippi that means four years and 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 then of course i would love to see uh, my assistant coaches rewarded very good and uh, that those are the those were my two priorities with my agent in terms of going in so not not necessarily for myself right uh, other other than uh, uh have an opportunity to continue what we're doing as you know when you're going into your last year of your contract you don't have a lot of it, that hurts you in recruiting because it's, it's it's funny how everybody else knows that and they use that against you sure. in terms of recruiting so but uh, jeremy's been great he's great to work for the school's great love of course joe paul and um, I'm thankful to be the basketball
0: coach here. All right, Ben, showtime. Well, <laughs> well, coach, I want to zoom out a little bit, and, and you've talked about just there and uh, in the earlier segment about the, the fact that it is a great time to be at Southern Miss with the the parallels you have leadership wise. You feel like you've ever you've got everything situated at the top the way you want it to. I want to talk about this basketball program and how it fits into that picture. I, I think. And you've talked about this publicly at the end of last year, there were some, you know, doubt of whether Southern Miss could get back to consistent success basketball wise. And now this past year, you have that proof of concept. You've proved you can fill up Reed Green and you can do it in modern basketball in the portal era and all that kind of stuff. After this year, how do you feel it? Has it changed at all about how you feel about the potential of Southern Miss basketball? What excites you about the future?
1: Well, I think you, you you touched on some good points right there, and I think a lot of people. Ben, you know, I was told y'all probably heard, oh they'll never fill it up again like they used to in the '80s. It'll never be like that again. Not just with me. Go back to Coach Sadler, and and I, you know it it'll never be like that again. And we were able to, and we and yet we continued to say yes, we can, and we can do that. And of course, it happened a lot faster to after last season. It happened a lot faster this season. It was amazing how quickly it got back up to that point and our our fan base deserves again a ton of credit but yes i i, I not only do i uh i know it it, it, it this is this uh, we we can win we can win at a high level there are a lot of things that i think that we've got to address we we need to you know our our facility is 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 uh, now that i've had a chance to tour the league you know we're we're way, way behind in facility. I'm not, not real. Us in Louisiana Monroe are, are two schools that, that, you know, are way behind. We played in some incredible facilities in our league. And so, yes, there has to be some stuff done on the, uh, community side, the university side, I think, to, to continue to sustain the success. But we are getting, if, if I could, if i and of course I can't because of NCAA, uh, regulations, but if I could really tell you that, that, I mean, uh, uh, Big Twelve trans- starters at schools in the Big Twelve, starters at schools in the Big Ten, starters at schools in the Pac twelve. Of 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 all of a sudden, Southern Miss has become more of a nat- returning to a national brand style of play. The emphasis on family and 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 the way that they're treated here, skill development. Of course, they get a great education. Um, the guys graduate all those things that and, – and we use the term adding value, Ben. We, when we're turned, you can come to Southern Miss and add value to yourself yeah. when you move forward. And then, of course, getting you on the close. All of our players that are going to leave this year are going to go sign professional contracts, every single one of them. And you look at, Coach, what about Nico Aguirre? Nico Aguirre will sign a professional contract. Of course, some of them are going to be bigger than others, Felipe, DeAndre. They're going to have great – uh, uh, you know, they'll be able to play basketball for a long time and make a lot of money at it, whether it be in the NBA or the season. And we have all that in place for them too, and contacts. And, and so the pieces of the pie have finally come together. And uh, uh, we're we're excited about where it's heading. We've got a as I mentioned earlier in the show, we've got a great group of players coming back. To build off of, whereas last year it felt like a total rebuild. Now we've got some continuity going in our program, and now we just need specific needs. But it it's really exciting some of the some of the opportunities that we've got going on right now in recruiting that are we're very very close to ceiling already.
0: Well, I'm glad you touched on facilities there because a part of why I think it's exciting to be. A golden eagle is because there is an alignment with the community too. What Toby Barker has done, yes. and the city moving forward. I mean, you mentioned those facilities. uh The city is is you know hand in hand with Southern Miss and improving some of those facilities for use of both the city and Southern Miss. A whole lot to be excited about at the top.
1: Well, I could get on that. Of course, growing up in Hattiesburg, Ben, I could get up uh, get on that. We could do a couple of shows on that if you want me to. Because we missed out, and when growing up here, you know, there used to be all kind of, you know, y'all know I'm a big live music guy, Kelly is too. Yeah, you're, and, you're a kid of the
2: and, 60s, man.
1: Yeah, I, I am, and, <laughs> and then you're growing up here in the 70s and 80s, you know, there used to be all kind of, some of the biggest musical acts in the country would come through and play Reed Green, and then we let the coast, uh, and of course this is a community deal, we let the coast build the Coast Coliseum, and how many, and I'm talking about with a B, how many billions of dollars does that cost the city of Hattiesburg in terms of economic impact since the 70s. We're we're talking about billions. And somebody at that time didn't have any vision. And growing up here, I, there was a disconnect. Toby Barker's awesome. Toby Barker's 100% in. He's a black and gold Southern Miss guy. And and so they we've got things going now. And, of course, there was a tax passed a few years ago, anxious for all that uh, to come to fruition. And we need it to happen to help us to sustain it. Sustain our success. So men's basketball has an opportunity at Southern Miss because of the money that can be brought in through the NCAA tournament and postseason play to become you know, to really become something special here. And if you look yeah. at schools like Gonzaga and, 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 and people like that, that's what they did. You nobody know, I'd never heard of Gonzaga in the 80s. Nobody else had either. But they made a commitment, their their school made a commitment, they built a new facility, they put an emphasis on it, and all of a sudden look what it's done for their school and their community there. And uh and, and that's a great example, but that's something that we can do here.
2: And and when you look at basketball too, it, overhead wise, your expense wise, right. it's the least expensive of really all, all the sports. And, and, minimal, and it, minimal,
1: you yeah. you can get there, and, and for a minimal investment. Look at Loyola Chicago a couple of years ago. Yeah. the the economic impact that they had that particular year and that run to the Final Four, and and if you look at what it did for their their to their admission, their their admission to their schools, you know, the graduate schools as well as their undergraduate, that the amount you can't you couldn't buy. That type of public relations.
2: Yeah, but, and, uh, but they also had Sister Jean coach. That, you know? That's right. She, hey, look, <laughs> sister
1: Jean needs to be doing some more prayer. She needs to be praying for more this year cause I, the, the Ramblers <laughs> didn't have quite as good a year. But that was what a great story that was.
2: Hey, Jay Ladner has won at the high school level, he's won a national championship at the junior college level. Why in the world would anybody think he can't coach at this level? Jay. Continued success, buddy. Thanks Thanks so much.
1: Ben and Kelly, thank y'all. And Kelly, if I don't see you, I'll see you on the 15th.
2: Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. All right, brother. Thank you. And and that was a live music reference (laughs) as well. Uh, Yeah, we do enjoy some good live music. When we come back, we're going to go to NOLA to find out what's going on with Jay Ladner's favorite team, the New Orleans Saints. Final segment today. Ben will get us up to date as how the baseball game went last night. We'll break that apart. The Eagles win on the road, getting ready for their first Sun Belt road series conference play begins this weekend more of the eagle hour in a moment
0: southern miss to the top to the top you're tuned in to the eagle hour
2: Rockin' and rolling on a hump day Wednesday as we start our downhill slide toward the weekend. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. They are going to be having trivia tonight. And Booty is your trivia master. Booty's also the bartender, but uh, some great trivia going on tonight where they're, as Michael says, in the spots. Where they're always giving away uh, prizes there. And then, of course, Friday is St. Patrick's Day. So they'll be having uh, drink specials. Imagine that, drink specials on St. Patrick's Day. That's coming up Friday. 4th Street Bar and Grill, it's the place to pregame if you're a Southern Miss fan. Joining us now from NOLA.com is Patrick McGee, where there's it is NFL free agent frenzy. Lots of things going on. The Saints have a starting quarterback, and now it's not Andy Dalton, but they also have a backup quarterback. Let's Let's find out what's going on in New Orleans, Patrick. Get us up to date as to what's happening in the Saints' front office.
3: Yeah, I think everybody was kind of surprised whenever uh, James Winston agreed to come back as the backup quarterback. I think it was, what, an $8 million deal. I don't have it right in front of me right now, but uh, and Winston posted a tweet this morning explaining that he feels really connected to the city of New Orleans. And, you know, he said he believes he's still a championship starting quarterback, but uh, he wanted to come back to New Orleans because it's a good fit for him culturally just the community and everything else and it's it's a bonus for the Saints I mean it, as long as Winston is healthy as, as a backup this year you're in pretty good shape if, if uh, Derek Carr goes down for a game or two You know, so yeah I, I, it makes sense it's a little surprising uh, some Saints are coming back they expect it to go You know, Michael Thomas uh, is coming uh, <laughs> yeah. is, is re-signing and will be back for next season and and if he's healthy, you know, I, I, you know, it, 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 he's, you know, a healthy Michael Thomas is the difference between a 10-11 win team and a 12-13 win team. I mean, he's that good yeah, if but he's it, on the field. Yeah, but but we'll he, see. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been hurt. But, I mean, before he got this little plague injury the last two or three years, he was, he was on the field. He was a durable guy. Uh, yeah. So the Saints just hope things kind of break the right direction. Obviously, I think he's currently healthy at the moment. Where he can get you know get back and help him?
2: Yeah, if he's healthy, capitalized, underlined two or three times, right? But the Saints right. uh, this morning taking care of some defensive needs. Tell us about that.
3: Yeah, they signed uh, Nathan Shepard of the Jets, a defensive tackle, and they signed another big uh, defensive tackle, six foot, uh, three hundred twenty-four pounder, Kalen Saunders from the Chiefs, who actually had a really big season this year for the Chiefs. I think it was around about you know forty plus, close to fifty tackles, three and a half sacks. Uh, he's a guy that moves really well for someone his size, uh, and you know, I, the, maybe those guys aren't necessarily they think, hey, they're our starters day one, or you know, they're game changers, but they're guys that they plug into the rotation. They're really solid, good players. So uh, they lost a couple of uh, important. You know, anyamata is gone, uh, and they, and and so they had they had another defensive tackle they lost as well. So they had gaps to fill there, and then Shepherds and, and Saunders. They bring in guys that can contribute right away and are going to play a bunch and I expect them to still probably go after a defensive tackle in the draft.
0: Well I'm curious as as the Saints add these pieces I would imagine the outlook or or maybe it doesn't on the inside but the outlook changes a little bit in terms of how you think about the, the draft coming up at the end of April. How do you think these pieces being added over the last couple of weeks changes the approach for the Saints there?
3: Yeah, that's a good question. Obviously, quarterback becomes much, much less of a priority now. Uh, They could probably go in the third or fourth round and possibly still go there, maybe a hidden hooker if he's still around. Uh, But you don't want to go too high with that pick. I think they still go after receiver and defensive tackle. Even though they've made it, you know, they brought in they brought Thomas back for another season. They've got these two guys. I think they realize they need another really quality guy for depth on the defensive line. I think defensive end is a spot they're going to be looking at. Marcus Stavenport and signed with the Vikings. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of the same uh, deals they're going to go after. Even though they've made these moves, they're going to probably add a quarterback at some point in the draft to kind of look towards the future, and they need to have another receiver to have more depth on the outside.
2: Patrick, if we're we're playing a quick game, and Ben gets you involved here too in buying and selling, let's look at that NFC South. Right now you'd have to be buying the Panthers and selling the Buccaneers. Yes, we'll start with you, Patrick.
3: Uh, well I mean it, it, Baker Mayfield uh this morning has signed with the, the Buccaneers so I'm 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 not buying the Buccaneers. Uh, right. The Panthers defensively are going to be very are going to be good. They're going to be quite good. Offensively they may be a mess. Uh but you know they're probably I would think right now the Panthers would be probably the second most competitive uh team in the division outside of the Saints.
0: What do you think, Ben? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think clearly the Panthers probably have their best roster here in the last four, or five, four or five years, especially defensively. I've always, I've always kind of been a Baker Mayfield fan, so that that will be interesting to see if he finally finds his the place where he fits. Because I think if he finds a right fit, I think he can be a competitive quarterback. But because of you know there is so much uncertainty there, you probably sell the bucks. But Andy Dalton now goes from new orleans to yeah. carolina yeah. yeah that's right
2: so you know he, he knows right. <laughs> he knows that division so i i just think with some of the things that carolina seems to be doing and the falcons are loading up sure. i mean uh, they signed von bell i yeah. think from the bengals who used to be with the saints so f- as miserable as that division was last year patrick it looks like upgrades so far pretty much all around except arguably the buccaneers
3: yeah, I think in Atlanta they've had a lot of talent, but I've also been kind of concerned with where they're, where they're spending their money. Uh, I just, you know, I'm, it just seems like they're throwing a lot of money around at positions that aren't going to really produce wins this season. Maybe they're building uh, for, you know, within in the next two or three years where they get a quarterback in place uh, that they're going to be a, a division contender. But right, you know, it's going to be tough for them this season defensively. They'll probably be solid. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean the Buccaneers. Mayfield's got you know still that potential, but everybody's been waiting for that potential for quite yeah. some time. Uh, but if I had to put a pecking order NFC uh, South right now, it'd be Saints, uh, Panthers, Falcons, and Buccaneers.
0: Well, in terms of how, of how the ownership balances the salary cap and all this stuff, I mean there's a lot around the Saints that people are a confused about because. That's I'm talking about myself there because I don't fully understand how it works. And the kind of dance around the salary cap, it seems like every year in New Orleans. And Patrick, I'm sure you saw Nick Wright kind of on, I think, earlier this week was talking about the ownership and how it's irresponsible and and how they haven't balanced that well. How do you look at that? And can you explain how the, the Saints ownership has balanced that salary cap and staying under it, getting over it, all that kind of stuff?
3: Yeah, I mean I don't understand I mean somebody like him I mean they're just like visibly angry. I don't know right, what they're right. so angry about. Uh it's really the Saints are converting a lot of this into just, you know, uh uh just guaranteed money right up front. I mean they're just saying, Hey, we'll give you X amount, you know, right now and it's just stuff they can kick down the road. I mean, they just work around this salary cap every year. This is what they've been doing for years now. Uh this isn't something that just started in the last two or three years. I mean when Drew Brees was in town they were doing a lot of the same things. Uh so the Saints have got a way to work to work around it. Now, things get complicated if uh, management changes and a new GM comes in and he's got a different mode of operation, you know. Uh, so that's the problem is that as long as they kind of, you know, continue on this path, they're fine. But if somewhere along the way, Mickey Loomis is no longer there, uh, uh, Kai, I think I forget his last name, Hartley or whatever, he's kind of the guru uh, in terms of salary cap. If they go – Whoever comes behind them has got a a bit of a mess or something they're not going to figure out themselves. So, you know, long term, it's a little bit awkward, but they keep making it work.
2: But really, in fairness, don't a lot of NFL teams do this? I mean, they restructure restructure contracts or they'll go back to the quarterback or the big money guys and say, look, we want to move some things around. So um, kind of – yeah, Kind of like the U.S. debt, does this really exist? Or is it just something they just kind of play with? You know?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's nothing unusual. I think the Saints just do a little bit more so than other other teams every year. Uh, so I, some people, I, I don't know. Everybody thinks they have an idea on how teams should win now. They thought the Saints should blow it up and, and just give up for this year and move on. But obviously, uh, Gail Benson and, and current management wants to stay competitive. They just don't want to wave the white flag this season for the you know possibly winning three or four years down the road. Final Uh, question, yeah. Final
2: question, Patrick. Before we let you go, and I know, I know you are just busting with anticipation. The USFL season right around the corner, and those New Orleans Breakers getting ready to play their games in Birmingham.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it's. I mean, I I suppose it's going to happen next month or, or something. I don't, you know. I mean I, I just I just yes, make it go away. I mean there can only be one spring there can only be one spring league. I mean they, they haven't been able to make one work forever. So I mean why they're trying to is just beyond me.
2: Ah makes perfect sense. Always good to hear from you, Patrick. Thanks so much for your input and your insight. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, Patrick McGee from NOLA.com, N-O-L-A.com. So the Saints are are busy, and again, as we've talked about, Ben, some Southern Miss guys on the move. I incorrectly the other day said that Mike Thomas had re-signed with the Bengals. He actually was still in the AFC North, yeah. but he's being reunited with Todd Munkus. That's right. In Baltimore. Yeah. So he's going to be uh, playing for Baltimore. In our final segment, we're going to talk about uh, Southern Misses win last night on the baseball field against the Lions of Southeastern. A, a reminder, rather, that you can find us. If you can't watch us or listen to us live, you can – Pick us up on podcast form, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, tune in, or just tell Alexa to play Super Talk Eagle Hour. A shout-out to MoBay Beignet, the official beignet store. That's just right up the road from Miss Kathleen and them at Campus Bookmark. Uh, great iced coffees, flavored syrups that you can uh, dip your beignets in. little taste in New Orleans, though better, in the Hattiesburg area. Again, the Eagles win last night on the baseball field. Ben will... Uh, look inside the numbers and we'll tell you where the eagles go from here baseball wise in our final segment of the eagle hour it's just moments away we'll be right back
0: Side.
2: Wrapping up a Thursday edition segment four brought to you by D1 and D-Bat training. Colder temperatures don't mean that you have to be off the field, so to speak. You can be in the comfort of D1 and D-Bat training, getting your softball or baseball swing down. All the different pitching machines can be set on different types of pitches, change-ups, uh, curveballs, whatever you want to hit. They can set that up for you. And don't forget their uh, award-winning pro shop that they've got there, too. Also, a shout-out today to... Jana King, the King of Clean, the team at Jana King, has been working together for over 35 years, cleaning your places for work, education, medical attention, eateries, stadiums, and worship. You can go to com. Nailed it today. I, well, I'm sounding like Paul Harvey now, aren't right, I, Michael? now, <laughs> the rest of the story. Remember, Jana King Clean's. .com. stand by for news <laughs> do you know who paul harvey is i don't oh my gosh I don't. now you're feeling old mergens I've, I've felt old since my
0: daughter was born but yeah ri- yeah that paul just harvey that
2: yes the brass brash youngster. google that that's why you're the brass youngsters yeah, because okay. you don't know who paul harvey yeah. is all right. all right well ben earn your keep here southern miss oh, a- oh boy
0: good win last night for the eagles yeah. on the road down in hammond man a great win it, this was uh, you needed this to be a a bounce back outing because there were yeah you won two out of three against valpo but there were you know some concerns i think on just continued concerns about the bullpen and and uh offensively at the plate but i think you yeah you bounce back in a strong way um and we talked about yesterday yesterday as we talked to coach riser really good ball club in southeast from louisiana they're gonna make some noise that you know they're they are probably gonna win the south and again right uh, or at least the favorite as of right now and I mean, the question—the first question we posed was, first of all, who pitches starting-wise? And then is the bullpen going to be good enough to compete with a lineup like that that has competed against really good staffs? And they did. Billy Oldham gives you five innings of a really good starting pitching. And he bases loaded jams in two of his first four innings, two of his first three innings, and got out of them both with just one run across. And so he showed some of that stuff we saw against UNO like I said yesterday, he stayed low in the zone. Uh, his stuff had good movement on it. Looked much closer to 100% than he did uh, that uh, the past weekend against Valparaiso. But with kind of a collective sigh of relief. That Oldham oh, yeah. was out there and able to compete. Because you need – you right. really do need that midweek starter, and it's you've had that the last couple of years. And you feel like you have that um, potentially in Billy Oldham who can give you some consistency. Um, so those were five really strong innings. Across Civilly, we talked about off-air, was really, really good. Again, three innings complete, didn't give up a base hit or run struck out three. And then Justin Storm came in and closed it out. I think the biggest deal with the pitching, we we can talk offensively, too, because they had a great day as well, but three total walks. And this southeastern Louisiana... One of the top teams in the country in taking walks and being hit by pitches and stealing and stealing bases. And I thought Blake Johnson did a pretty good job keeping them, for the most part, where they were. They they stole a couple of bases as they're always going to do. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a really complete effort. You, starting pitching to relief, and then at the plate you had four multi-hit guys, and you got some big big swings with runners on base, which has been you know, the bugaboo this year. Right. But I, I think I mean you got to be happy with just about every phase of the game the way the Golden Eagles played last night you
2: have to wonder if that uh if that first game with Valpo wasn't kind of a hitting of the snooze alarm you know you better, better wake up you know
0: because yeah.
2: conference play starts this weekend and look you right. talk about swimming in deep water early man with the Bobcats and you have to go to San Marcos yeah and they're they're doing all kinds of things
0: offensively uh, yeah. Texas state offensively and Levi Wells their Friday night guy I mean 0.51 ERA he'll he'll Good chance to be a first-day guy in the MLB draft this uh, coming July. And so there they're, they're are not a whole lot of weaknesses there. They're knocking on the door of the top 25, too. They're 4-0 against Power 5 competition. Beat a top 15 TCU last night, 8-4. And uh, it really wasn't quite that close uh, last night in a midweek action for the Bobcats. So, yeah, it, I mean, it really does not slow down. I mean, you, you look at the schedule, Texas State. Come back home, you play Georgia Southern, who was a regional team last year. Then you go to Troy, who's been one of the best teams in the Sun Belt and non-conference play. And then you go to Old Dominion, who's one of the best offenses in the country again. That's their first month of conference play. Not a whole lot of gaps in that schedule, no,
2: and and you might you might know where you 're going to fit in the pecking order after oh, yes instead of coming to that last series of the year, you might right. know pretty well where you're going to be and, and look coastal's been putting up double digits just about every time they play <laughs> That's right uh, we 've talked about how there's really uh, no pushovers here, no weak sisters in the league mm-hmm. and uh, but and you go to coastal, yeah right yeah. and, and they 've been putting up all kinds of numbers, but considering where the eagle nation. And we say that because we know that Eagle fans are notorious for being fair weather and jumping off the boat at the first first sign of a leak. (laughs) After the first game in Valpo, they got
0: to be feeling a lot
2: better about where this Eagle team is going to San Marcos
0: this weekend. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you, I mean, man, baseball is a long season, they're going to be ups and downs. And, I mean, you, Exhibit A is Ole Miss last year. They had that really long stretch where they were just awful. And you had you had spots last year, too. I mean, you get swept by Dallas Baptist in Dallas, and you were down on the team. And I think you've had a, a couple of spots here earlier this season because the competition is better. But I think these Golden Eagles are going to be okay.
2: And this schedule is is brutal, uh, tougher than it was last year. Hard this,
0: Scott Berry said in the preseason, one of, if not the toughest schedule he's had as a head coach.
2: And they're 11-5. and five. Yeah. So I think the Eagles are, are doing quite well. Well, uh, Ben's one of Ben's buddies will be on the program tomorrow, and that's uh, Heath Hinton, of course, a big gold nation. He'll get us up to date. We'll also talk a little spring football and then get you ready for the weekend series against the Bobcats. That's all on tomorrow's Eagle Hour for producer engineer Michael Mergens and the brash youngster Ben Milam. I'm Kelly Sander. Thanks for joining us until tomorrow at one o'clock. Southern Miss to the, the top. top.